The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Praise the Lord and good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hong Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Central, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503, New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for over 100 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923 and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer 
or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn will sing the soulful song, No Tears in Heaven. One day soon, when we are called up to join our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in heaven, there will be no more tears or sorrows. Please follow along and sing with the choir as you see the words on the screen. prayer found in Matthew 6 verses 9 to 13 reads our Father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. This all-encompassing prayer we say every day as we talk to the Lord. Under my direction, the church band will play an exciting rendition of the Lord's Prayer.
To be saved, according to John 3, 5, we must be born again by being baptized in water, by full immersion, taking on Jesus' name, according to Acts 2, 38, being filled with his Holy Ghost, according to Acts 2, 4, and continue walking in the life. Associate Pastor Timothy Hahn Sr. will sing the lively song entitled, Born Again. time ago I didn't know about Jesus and his love you see I heard about it but I've never felt it this manna that comes from above when this life of sin I could no longer stand I asked my mother, how can I get to know the man? She said, you must be, can't you see? You've got to be born again. Let me tell you, you must have that fire and Holy Ghost. That prayer will turn and keeps the fire burning. That kind of experience you can feel. It makes you move, it makes you shout, it makes you cry, cause it's real. Keep your hand in the master's hand till your soul's been anchored in Jesus' name. Filled within, free from sin, you've got to be born again. Oh, so many toils and dangers that my Lord has brought me through. Jesus opened up the blind eyes and made the lame to walk. There's nothing too hard for God to do. So now's the time we must seek him. Let him fill your soul within. He'll make you whole, fill your soul. Then you'll know you're born again. You must have that fire and Holy Ghost. That prayer will turn and keeps the fire burning. That kind of experience you can feel. It makes you move, it makes you shout, it makes you cry, cause it's real. Keep your hand in the master's hand till your soul's been anchored in Jesus' name. Filled within, free from sin, you've got to be born again. Let me tell you, you must have that fire and Holy Ghost. That prayer will turn and keeps the fire burning. That kind of experience you can feel. It makes you move, it makes you shout, makes you cry, cause it's real. Keep your hand in the master's hands till your soul's been anchored in Jesus' name. Filled within, free from sin, you've got to be born again. Let me tell you, you must have that fire and Holy Ghost. 
That prayer will turn and keeps the fire burning. That kind of experience that you can feel makes you move, makes you shout, makes you cry, cause it's real. Keep your hand in the master's hand till your soul's been anchored in Jesus' name. Filled within, free from sin, you've got to be born. Filled within, free from sin, you've got to be born again. Filled within, free from sin, you've got to be born again. Although we may face trials and challenges every day, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, He will lead us through them. God helps us every day. All we have to do is listen and trust in Him. For their final selection in today's program, the church choir will sing the Spirit-filled song titled, God Leads Us Along.
In this short life, we dedicate our all to Jesus Christ in hopes of one day flying up to join him in heaven. On her violin, Cherie Sparkaff will play the uplifting song entitled, I'll Fly Away. section of our program, the Daughters of Judah will sing the worshipful song, Beautiful Garden of Prayer. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this number to a dedicated and hardworking servant of the Lord, Mrs. Marvy Gormley. The Lord smiles down upon you for all your prayers, faith, love, and all the work you do for the gospel work. May the Lord continue to bless you most abundantly in this life as well as that to come. Have a blessed Sunday. There's a garden.
Praise the Lord. And good morning, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continent of the United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that this class telecast can be now viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about the gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning a schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, Services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located in 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Cassonero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. T. Loy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui branch church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You're welcome to attend these services, regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to turn our program back to head pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who would bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Melvin. It has been very heartwarming and a true privilege indeed, receiving your calls, written correspondences, and verbal expressions of deep admiration and esteem for our talented choir, band, orchestra, and various vocal and instrumental groups who diligently participate in the musical portion of our weekly telecast. However, no matter how awesome their performance or presentations may be, Remember that paramount and above all else on these telecasts is the inspiring Word of God. For it not only quenches one's thirst, it is the very staff of life itself and truly food for the hungry soul. Oftentimes, people unwarily become attached to a preacher, a pastor, a priest, 
or a minister far more than Jesus. This, in my opinion, can lead to unwarranted situations which can result in great personal disappointments, such as we have witnessed in the news media. Man is weak, man fails, but you can be sure Jesus never fails. The star of our weekly telecast certainly is Jesus Christ, and we should always give him our praises and glory. Every hour of light and dark is a miracle. Every inch of space is a miracle. The sea continues to fulfill God's miracle of creation. The fishes that swim, it rocks, motions of waves and sh ships which sail upon the sea. This paraphrase from Walt Whitman's poem, Miracles, reveal the beauty and wonder of God's creations and reminds us that we should never take it for granted. Therefore, it leads us into today's sermon topic entitled, The Miracles of Jesus Christ. Each tree, each branch, each leaf, and every blade of grass has its own unique splendor as a living monument to God's creative genius. Someone said miracles take place not because they are performed, but because they are believed. Many say, I will not believe until I see a miracle. Yes, television viewers, we will never see a miracle without first believing it. However, seeing and hearing are not enough. We must also believe. We believe that the person we marry, the children we brought into this world, your brothers and sisters and parents, relatives and friends and every passing stranger are without exception, honestly, God's miracles. We read in Psalms, the eighth chapter, first to nine verses, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and has crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. In John's Gospel, we watch Jesus perform his first miracle, the changing of water into wine. As we follow him through God's word, we see him performing many miracles, signs, and wonders. He healed a man who had been a helpless cripple for 38 years. He fed thousands of people with only a few loaves and fishes. He walked upon the water, and he gave sight to a man who had been born blind. John, the ninth chapter, verses 1 to 3, describes the miracle of the man born blind. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Thus we see that not all sickness is of the devil, but for the glory of God. These miracles and many other miracles are recorded in the other three Gospels of Matthew, Mark, 
and Luke. Furthermore, John 20, verses 30 and 31 reveals, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that he might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, ye might have life through his name. John relates that if all the things Jesus did were written down, even the world could not contain the books. However, one of his greatest miracles was the raising of Lazarus from the dead. It is true that he raised Jairus' daughter, but she had just died. It is true that he raised the widow's son, yet he had not been buried. Lazarus, on the other hand, had been dead and buried a total of four days. Jesus Christ raised Lazarus to life as easily as we can speak his name. In this miracle, we see the greatest proof of Jesus' divine power. Reading Matthew 28, 18, the words of Jesus Christ, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. However, we see him weeping over the death of Lazarus. Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man, is also our great loving and compassionate Savior. In a little town of Bethany, about two miles from Jerusalem, lived three people whom Jesus loved, Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus. He considered it a privilege to go to their home to rest and enjoy sweet fellowship with these close friends. What is fellowship? It is walking or living in the light, and that light is Jesus Christ. 1 John 1.7 reads, But we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If Jesus came to your city, do you wonder whether he would want to go to your home? I'm afraid that some of us would be obliged to do some house cleaning before we could even think about inviting him to be our guest. We would feel comfortable if Jesus Christ came to our home and found uh, drugs, uncomfortable if he found drugs, liquor, or pornographic materials. Absolutely not. Would he find dust upon our Bibles? Would he hear filthy communication coming out of our mouths? Ephesians 4, 29, 30 advises us, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. The day of redemption refers to the day when Jesus Christ will return to make our bodies like his glorious body. We know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Would he find our homes filled with the comforts and conveniences of this world, purchased with a tithe that we have withheld from him? Would we be embarrassed to have him see all that's going on in our homes? Let's hope and pray that our homes will be found to be like the one in Bethany. While Jesus was away on a preaching tour, Lazarus came ill. He had two marvelous sisters, yet they could not prevent his illness. Illness and sickness are a common experience to all mankind. Some say that sickness is the error of the mortal mind. However, Lazarus' mind was not sick. It was his body. Job was a good man who became very sick. Three of his students came to see him, and he called them miserable comforters. Each one of them tried to prove that Job was sick because he was a sinner. We have no right to say that all sickness is a result of sin. Some of the best Christians in the world have been invalids, invalids. Some of the most wicked men and women have enjoyed good health and lived long lives. Of course, we know that originally sickness, like all other evil things, came into the world because of sin. There was no sickness until Adam and Eve sinned. 
There will be no sickness, no pain, and no sorrow in heaven, as you read in Revelation 21.4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Sickness often comes as a blessing in disguise. Take the true born-again believer who had forgotten his vows. He lived a lukewarm and backslidden life. The things of the world had gotten the best of him. God inflicted him with sickness and sorrows to draw him back to the faith. The sickness seemed hard at first. Then he thanked God for the disease because it brought him back to the Lord's side. We learn that sickness is often sent for our own good to draw our affections from the world and back to heavenly things. Let's read in 1 John 2, 15 to 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If Jesus Christ is not first place in our life, if I things belonging to today's worldly system, then the love of God is not in us. We should rather choose those things of God which will abide forever. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The next question is, what did the sisters of Lazarus do when he was taken seriously ill? They did the right thing. They sent for Jesus. This is what we as born-again believers should always do in time of sickness, especially when serious illness comes. The Bible book of James, the fifth chapter, 14 to 15 verse reads, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. It's not the church elder who heals the sick, but Jesus Christ himself, the greatest faith healer of all time. We thank the Lord for doctors and today's advances in technology and medicine. However, they are just instruments in God's hands. When sickness and trouble come, remember that Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father, has his face turned towards us, and we should put our hands in his trusting him to provide a miracle. Miracles, therefore, are part and parcel to the gospel of the kingdom of God. Through the gospel, we receive the greatest miracle performed by Jesus Christ when we accept him as our personal Lord and Savior. This miracle of life is culminated when sinners are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, which he shed for mankind on the cross of Calvary, giving mankind the promise of eternal life. The gospel itself is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. Many today come seeking Jesus Christ and his spiritual blessing of healing at our Sunday evening divine healing services. And when it's the wonderful works of God, they see the wonderful healing power of the Lord while the participants, Africans, are prayed over being anointed with oil in the name of Jesus Christ. After witnessing these wonderful miracles, many who only come for healing realize that they must be born again by repenting of their sins and being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The very explicit instructions given to souls seeking the salvation of Jesus Christ is found in John 3, 5. 
Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized in water by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. Clear instructions are given in Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, thereby speaking in an unknown tongue or language as the only biblical sign to confirm that one has received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 4 confirms this miraculous sign. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It is God's Holy Spirit that gives utterance, not anyone or anything from man. Therefore, outside the name of Jesus, none can be saved. Acts 4.12 confirms, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This is God's word and not our words. The sisters of Lazarus sent the message about their brother to Jesus, saying, Lord, the one whom you love is sick. They did not tell Jesus Christ what to do. They left everything up to him, knowing that he would do what was best. Now, when Jesus Christ received the message, he spoke to his disciples. Let us read in John 11:4. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Jesus Christ didn't mean that Lazarus would not die, but he meant that death would not have complete dominion over him. The raising of Lazarus from the dead was going to be Jesus Christ's climatic miracle. Thus, he permitted Lazarus to die, and his death plunged his sisters into sorrow for a time in order that God might be glorified. Now, Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. One would think that Jesus Christ would haste himself to revive Lazarus. However, he waited two days. Finally, the time had come for him to act. He did everything on time and did not run ahead of God as we often do. As Jesus and the disciples walked along, he broke the news to them. In John 11:11, 11, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then they said, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. He saw that they didn't understand. Thus, he simply said, Lazarus is dead. Today, many look upon death as an awful thing. And to the human mind, it is just that. We go to sleep each night. And when we waken the following day, we have the same old aches and pains, the same old troubles and sorrows. But how different it is when we sleep in Jesus. We awake on another shore and find that we are on the threshold of heaven and eternal life. When Jesus reached Bethany, he found that Lazarus had been buried four days. These must have been days of distress for the sisters. They had sent for Jesus and he hadn't come. They must have lost all hope. Now Martha ran out to meet Jesus. She was the active sister, always doing something. Mary was the pensive, meditative one. Stunned with grief, she sat in the house and waited. When Martha met Jesus, she said, as we read in John eleven twenty two, 22, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Jesus answered as we read in the 23rd verse, thy brother shall rise again. Martha responded in the 24th verse, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. 
She believed in the resurrection, but she could not quite grasp the fact that Jesus could restore her brother's life that very instant. Jesus Christ responded, saying in the 25th and 26th verses, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? What he meant is that those who believed in him, even if they were dead like Lazarus, will be brought to life again. One may ask, what about the saints who lay asleep in graves all over the world? This is addressed in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. What about those who were living? Jesus said that they would never die, according to on, reading on in the 17th verse. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is the blessed hope of the church, the second coming of Christ in clouds of glory for his own. Those baptized in his name who are water-washed, blood-washed, spirit-filled, and walking in the light. Television viewers, it is our prayer that you too are looking for that blessed hope. We certainly hope so. Now, Martha didn't seem to understand all of this, but she did contend in John eleven twenty-seven. 27. Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Mary went to meet Jesus and mentioned the same thing that Martha said. Lord, if you had been here, a brother would not have died. Then they all wept, including Jesus. He wept in sympathy for his friends. His heart is always touched by our sorrow and grief. Therefore, though we have the promise that God will wipe away all tears from our eyes, still he shares our sorrows with us. Jesus went to the grave of Lazarus. In John 11, we read the 39th verse. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been dead four days. The stone was rolled away, and Jesus lifted his voice and prayed. He always prayed before any great undertaking. If he felt the need of prayer, he who was without sin and who possessed all power, how much more should we follow this sign and feel the need of prayer in our lives as well? The 41st and 42nd verses read, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 43 continues saying, And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. We believe that if Jesus Christ had not called Lazarus to come forth, every dead body in the cemetery would have come forth from the grave. Jesus Christ is all power, both in heaven and in the earth. He is our Savior, Master, and Lord. What happened next? Lazarus came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes and a napkin about his face. Again, Jesus gave the bystanders something to do. He said to them, loose him and let him go. Witness the miracle of Lazarus being raised from the dead would have a great testimony. They could say, we touched him. We know that he had been dead for four days. We know that he came to life again when Jesus called him by name. 
This was Christ's greatest miracle, but it had not been a hard thing for him to do. He made man, and he has power to restore anyone to life after death. John 10, 18 reads, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Miracles are not natural happenings, but supernatural. It is not natural for water to be turned into wine. So to those in our viewing audience, if you have a weakness for liquor, Jesus Christ can strengthen you, and he can turn the liquor into pure water. It is not natural for leprosy to yield, but it yielded to Jesus Christ. Mark 1, 40-42 expresses, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, and put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will, be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he spread the good news to the people. It is not natural for a blind person to regain sight suddenly, unless Jesus Christ, the mighty physician, caused it to happen. He has supernatural power to do supernatural things. God created nature, and Jesus Christ has the power to change his course. That's called a miracle. Those who saw Jesus Christ raise Lazarus witnessed his miraculous power and became personal witnesses to the words found in Luke 137. For with God, all things are possible. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. To close today's program, the church band will play the energetic song titled, Brighten the Corner Where You Are.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.